Catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Africa Tech Radio. You're listening, listening, listening to Cruise Control. And yes, guys, welcome back to Cruise Control on Africa Tech Radio. It's that time where I tell you my guest is going to come on with me and we're going to have a great and wonderful conversation around what your workplace should look like in the year 2023. Because this year, you're not about to start working and feeling stressed out and of course not knowing the solution to what to do. And of course, organization can best well manage their talent and workers. The fourth industrial revolution has radically changed our life, of course, and the way we work, which is continuously evolving. With the advent of the internet and increasing globalization, the digital age of transparency and empowerment has seen the systemic shift in what people expect from businesses as workers and talents are beginning to show an unparalleled loyalty and order to big businesses and globalization. This is driving a huge cultural change in how business operates. It is in fact predicted that businesses and workplaces in the future will look increasingly different from how they operate now. So joining me today on the show is Mrs. Abiola Ojo, a renowned business leader and strategy consultant with over 16 years of cognitive experience. She provides cutting-edge HR solutions to organizations, both within the public and private sector in Nigeria and sub-Saharan Africa. Hello. Hello. Yes, good to have you. Good afternoon, Ma. Good afternoon. Hi, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. How is your day going? It's going well. It's going well. And yours? Fantastic, fantastic. It's an honor to have you on the show today. But before we kick off the conversation on the main topic that we're here for, I like to ask my guests three random questions. Okay. Yeah, it's nothing serious. <laughs> I just like you to feel comfortable and, of course, just get chatty with me. So, my first question is What is the most memorable thing someone has said to you lately? That's it. <laughs> okay, so I remember, I think it was on the 1st or 2nd of January, mm-hmm. a friend of mine um, sent a text to me and she said, Viola, you are one of the best things to have happened to me in 2022. And it was quite touching. Oh, you must have made a great impact oh. on that person, I presume. Well, I hope so. <laughs> so my second question would be, what's your unpopular opinion about technology? Well, I think technology is the way to go. That's the end thing now. Every organization is thinking of automating their processes. Um, If you want to be a lot more efficient and productive, you have to go that route. You have to embrace technology. And that's what we are all doing. Okay. And my third question, which is going to lead into the conversation proper, would be what drove your interest into being a business leader and a strategy consultant well i think i would say that uh, i've always been someone that is quite passionate about adding value to people to organizations 
It's something that I think I was born to do. There is a mantra that I use all the time. I say that we are not consultants by accident. We are consultants by choice. So I made a deliberate effort, a conscious effort to join the HR space so that I can add value to the populace. I can add value to individuals and to various organizations that we, we deal with or we interact with. And I think it's been a wonderful journey so far. And God has been extremely kind and faithful to us as an organization. Amazing. Yeah. So while I was taking my intro, I talked about the radical changes that have been happening around us over the last decade. And of course, it's obvious there's been a significant change in the way we work. And the HR management team also has had to shift with globalization. How has that been so far? Yeah, so pre-COVID, you know, there were so many things that we all thought could never happen. You know, I know that in the developed nations, quite a number of them had embraced work from home. Um, but in this part of the world, a lot of business owners just couldn't understand or fathom why people would work from home. And they couldn't comprehend how that would work. But then COVID hit and we were all unprepared for it. And we just had to look for ways to get things done without having that physical interaction, you know, ways to ensure that employees are still productive, ways that employees can still put in their 101%, and even look at ways that we can manage communication without having that physical or one-on-one interaction. And that's where the use of technology actually comes in. So now you have to look for different um, tools that can help you achieve the things that you want to achieve as an individual or as an organization. So technology, going that route is actually, it's something that we all just have to embrace, you know. So that's that's what it is right now. And a lot is still going to change in the workplace in the next um, five years, three to five years. A lot of things are still changing. And then, so organizations now are learning to be a bit more nimble and fluid in terms of how they operate and how they manage their employees. Absolutely. So um, I know over the past two, three years, post-COVID, one prevalent word we've been hearing around our work environment is the workplace culture. First, I'd like to ask, what is workplace culture and why is this important for businesses, organizations and companies? So when you talk about workplace culture, you talk about the value system of any organization. You know, you talk about a set of standard or shared ethical and moral principles that guide how employees interact, how they behave, and how decisions are being made across the organization, across the business. So you can say it's the values that define how individuals interact with each other and affect how they approach their work. So the workplace culture is changing gradually. Uh, Like I said earlier on, people are learning to be a lot more accommodating, especially within the HR space. So you hear a lot of people talking about, oh, the human side of HR has to come out first. So putting the human factor first, Mm -hmm. you know, because quite a number of organizations have gone remote. So now what you have to do is you have to trust your employees more. Aside trusting your employees more, you also need to be able to communicate with them in a way that they feel connected to the vision and the goals of the business. So a lot of all those things are changing. So the workplace culture now is it's changing almost on a daily, on a daily. And so organizations are placing more emphasis on honesty, on accountability, on collaboration, 
on transparency, on building a community. And so you hear a lot of those buzzwords around now, you know, so that's, that's what it is. I mean, you, you talked about accountability and one thing that this digital age has provided for almost everybody is uh, transparency. Speaking of, uh, last year, I remember in the news, a couple of big companies and brands were actually dragged on social media for their work, culture and characteristics. So now moving to these uh, characteristics, what makes a workplace culture positive and what makes it toxic for everyone hmm. so a toxic work environment is is one where negative behaviors you know such as manipulation bullying yelling you know where they are so intrinsic to the culture of that organization that they lack productivity there, there is a lack of trust there is uh, and then you realize that the the stress level is high there is infighting there is discrimination you know, there is an healthy rivalry within the organization. So the organization, the environment becomes so toxic that it becomes difficult for people to stay. So, and then you so some of the signs or symptoms of the workplace culture ordinarily would be when you see that the turnover in that organization is high. So, and you can't just explain it, you know, so there is inexplicable turnover rate within that business. You see that people are quick to point fingers at one another. Nobody is taking ownership. You know, there is passive aggressive behavior in the in the workplace. The employees are not they are unmotivated. There is low employee morale. You know, there is division amongst team members, departments, you know. These are some of the things are the attributes of a toxic work environment. And that's actually a manage when there is a lack of trust. And when there is bullying, when there is discrimination, when there is abusive behavior, when there is a lack of communication and feedback on the part of the drivers of the business. And what, what about the positive one? The positive one. So when you see a, an organization that is striving and it's growing, mm-hmm. if you dig deep into the kind of culture that they promote, you realize that there is a culture of ownership. You realize that there is transparency. You realize that there is collaboration. You realize that they're able to manage communication very well. You realize that people are proud to be a part of that organization. People take pride in being a part of that organization. You see that people are happy going to work on a daily. And they are not just motivated by the money or the salaries that they get from that job. You know, they, they, they genuinely love being a part of that culture. And that actually stems from the leadership, you know, so a management for an organization to have that kind of culture, it must mean that the leadership, that they are, they are doing a lot to engage employees. They are doing a lot to make employees feel wanted. And they are not just treating them as numbers. They are treating them as people, as a part of the business, as co-owners of the business, you know, so, and you realize that people stay longer in those kind of organizations, they stay, they are loyal, they are committed, they they feel like they are owners of the business and they are driving it like it's theirs. Interesting. There's also been an increase in the competition when we look at the global market. So how do businesses and companies build a healthy and sustainable workplace culture that would make them thrive when they face these global competitors? That's deep. You know, if you ask a lot of CEOs, 
one of their top three challenges, they will tell you that managing people, the people side of it is actually one of it. And so how can they better manage their people and ensure that their talents stay? I think the first thing would be, number one, when people are joining any organization, you have to ensure that the experience is great. Experience right from the minute you, the recruitment process, how your recruitment process is being handled, you know. And then when they come in, they onboarding. What's the experience? Their first day into in the organization. You know how they say that you only have a chance to make a good positive impression, a positive mm-hmm. impression. And then you also have to businesses have to ensure or leaders have to ensure that there is clear and comprehensive job description. You know, so when people are coming in, they know clearly what is expected of them. They know their responsibilities, their roles, what the deliverables are. And it should be clearly spelled out to them from the onset. Aside that, the leaders within such businesses, they also need to provide regular feedback, regular feedback to the employees. So let them know when they are doing well, celebrate them when they are doing well. And when they are not doing so well, you give constructive feedback to them and then you give them the room to grow. You you help them, you enroll them, you offer training and development opportunities. You provide them with opportunities for growth. Let them see that there is a clear career path for them within that business. It's also important that as a business or as an organization, you promote a healthy work-life balance. So it's not always about the job. Yeah, you have to be genuinely concerned about the mental well-being of your employees. You know, like I say to my colleagues at work, you know, I tell them that um, the job will always come secondary. It will be secondary to their mental health, you know. So you have to let them know that you genuinely care for them. And then you also have to foster a collaborative work environment where teams, people within the organization, they're able to collaborate, they work well together, you know, and then, and then you leverage technology. You leverage technology to improve the work experience so that your employees are more efficient and they are more productive. If you're able to put all this together, you carry your employees along too in terms of the decision-making process. Don't keep them in the dark. And, you know, let them know what's going on within the business and let them see that you genuinely want their progress, not just their progress, that you want their input when it comes to making decisions that will take the organization to the next level. Ma, you've actually touched on different areas I would like to go into. Now, I'm just confused about which area to go first. But you talked about mental health and, of course, you talked about tools, which is uh, leveraging on technology. But then there's still the other side, which is the negative work culture that I wanted to drive into, which I'll take in relation to mental health. When we look back at how generations after generations, the, the way we work has kind of changed, we look at the baby boomers who, who are like people in their 40s, 50s, and we look at the millennials, people who are in their late 20s, 30s, and we look at also the Gen Zs who are in their early 20s. When you look at them, there's a way they handle work different from generation to generation. So how do we manage this set of diversified generation in the workplace to probably better manage with the health system because when you talk to a gen z right now the first thing they are quick to point out is the way you are making me work is affecting my mental health i can't deal and when you face (laughs) when you face a millennial millennial will be like i just want to get this off my plate and go 
But a baby boomer is just going to, it's just not that small work that you're doing. So there's a bit of perspective to how we view work. And this has come to affect also the work culture because these newer generations are quick to call their bosses a, a toxic boss. Uh, call the the colleague that they are working with the team leader this person is very toxic this person is very it gives me negative vibe yes they use vibes a lot that's the gen z and millennials so how do we better manage the system for inclusivity that's actually deep (laughs) yeah because a lot has changed really a lot has changed in terms of managing the gen z's and then we have the new ones coming up what do they call them now z the alpha yeah you know so the workplace has also changed whether we like it or not and there's a lot that has changed around us we 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 can't be in denial of the fact that our work is being done is i mean the stress level is also increasing on a daily you know so we have to pay attention to the mental health and the mental well-being of not just the gen z's everyone generally you realize that millennials are also going through a lot. Um, I think the, the days of the millennials growing up, you know, a lot of our parents will shut us down when one when you try to talk about, oh, daddy, this is too much for me to handle. Daddy, I can't do this. I can't do that. You know. But now, what we are doing on our own path is we are trying to make the next generation to be a lot more expressive, and then we also try to be better listeners. And I think that's what is happening. So it's not as if the stress level has, has reduced or it's more per se. But what we are doing right now is we are paying more attention to that side of things. So we are encouraging people to speak up. Unlike before, where you are not able to talk about your mental health. You know, before now, if you tell somebody that, oh, I think I'm going crazy, you know, the person begins to look at you in a, in a different way. <laughs> like you're insane. <laughs> Yes, and then the person is hoping that you will not tear your shirt off in the middle <laughs> of this. But now, when you sit with someone or with your boss in the workplace and you are talking about, oh, I think I'm going crazy, your boss is is more empathetic. You know, your boss would want to listen. So, and that is what is actually happening now. We are paying more attention. There is more emphasis on listening, and then not just driving the business. You know, it's the people that would help you drive the business. But if they are not in the right state of mind, it becomes difficult for them to be productive or for them to put in their 101% into it. So a lot boils down to us managing and understanding this set of people, you know, and then sometimes working in their shoes. That can be a bit difficult, you know, but I've also, I also happen to have quite a number of Gen Z's in my organization. And the rate at which they take ownership too, it's amazing. Hmm. You know, it's amazing. And you wonder whether these guys or these people are Gen Z's. You know, so I think it's it's it boils down to understanding, understanding one another, understanding the personalities involved, and then just putting the human part first in everything that we do. So we just let's not just get carried away. I tell entrepreneurs, let's not get carried away with it, wanting to make money. The money would come at some point, but we also need to pay attention to the people that help us make make this happen. So that's it, really. That's how you manage it, understanding them, basically. 
understanding definitely goes a long way because when you feel seen and understood you feel very um present and you feel like you're doing something with your life so that's one angle i know about when people complain about their mental health or issues that you might think is not so so serious but to them it is serious looking at the negative workplace culture it's not just within the business environment what are also the impact of this work culture on the wider society so what you will get eventually so if it continues you know so you realize that the workplace or the culture generally is bad it's what that will lead to is what we have right now in Nigeria, which is what everybody calls the Jaffa syndrome. If an environment is toxic, the first response, human response to it is, is to leave that environment. You know, so the first thing you are thinking of is, I want to leave this environment. I want to go to a better environment where my input will be valued, where I can be a lot more expressive, where I can grow, where there's potential for growth and things like that. So what would happen is there would be a debt of talent. People would leave. They would run. We would lose skilled professionals in the process. What would also happen is you'll see that people are no longer involved in the things that ordinarily should help the economy or the nation grow. People lose interest. Not just interest. People feel handicapped. They feel like there is nothing I can do. I can't make a difference. And if care is not taken, it might also lead to unrest in the economy, you know, like the NSARS um, protest that we had. It's a accumulation of so many things, an accumulation of so many things that would happen if it is not nipped in the board as early as possible. Uh, I hope that's your answer. Yes, because you actually drove the conversation into where I'm going and I'm enjoying this time with you. Conversation is actually very interesting for not just only uh, leaders, but also workers and people also who have been looking at taking the alternate route to a better life. And this is what you just spoke about, the Jackpot syndrome. So what are the cause and effect of this tech brain drain? to a nation looking at africa in general when we talk about brain drain brain drain is also known as human capital flight you know human capital flight where you have skilled professionals skilled laborers migrating to other parts of the world so and then what especially in this part of the world in africa so we're talking about brain drain tech brain drain in advanced nations like the UK, like America, like Canada, where a lot of our people are migrating to. And what they are experiencing is actually a brain gain, you know, because they are actually the ones gaining. Receiving, yeah. from, they are the ones receiving, receiving. So there is, and you would agree with me that there is massive movement of highly skilled professionals to these advanced countries. Mm. And it's due to the economic condition of our nation. The unemployment rate. If you look at the unemployment rate in Nigeria, for instance, in year 2020, as at December, as at year 2020, 21, um, 2022, rather, it was um, at 33%. And it's projected to go as high as 45% in year 2023 and 2024. So you can imagine the unemployment rate. There is lack of competitive wages. There is lack of financial security. If you look at 
how much the naira is in Nigeria now, you compare it to how much um, naira to dollar was in 2022 or in, in 2021 rather. I mean, the inflation rate as of December 2021, as of December 2021 was at 15.63%. As of last year, December 2022, it had moved as high as 21.3%. So it means that the value of it, as it keeps dropping, you know, you look at how much you are earning as an employee, the value of, uh, if you were earning 150,000 per month in 2021, and you are still earning the same amount in 2022, is as good as you earning just about 80,000 And you agree with me that the cost of living has also increased significantly. So the working is also not favorable. There is limited career potential for employees, for professionals in the country. Corruption is also not helping. And then you look at the high level of insecurity in the, in the country. You know, a lot of people are leaving Nigeria. They are leaving because they feel that the nation is no longer secure. You know, you can't walk a, a, a one kilometer late at night and you are sure that you get home the next couple of hours. You know, you keep watching your back. You also look at the health facility, the healthcare facility in Nigeria. You know, coupled with the fact that we are losing a lot of our medical uh, practitioners to this advanced nation. So all these things coupled together is the reason why then people are leaving and they are jackpying left, right, and on a daily, on a daily. So for those of us that are still left, for those that are still left, we are either here because we do not have anywhere we are going to, or we are because we believe that... For your visa have Nigeria not been approved. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Because your visa has not been approved, or you've been you've been denied visas several times. And then there are people like like myself that believe that hey, people are leaving now. It means that the opportunity is there. So there is opportunity to do great and mighty things. There is the opportunity for you for you to make a difference. You know. So we all can't leave, but I strongly believe that Nigeria would be better. I I, I strongly believe that. And it's not because I have been denied visa booking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why was you hoping that Nigeria would be better? Election is around the corner. But before I jump on that conversation, I would like to know what can, what do you think could be done to keep our experts and talent in the country? So to keep our experts and talent, so we look at it from two perspectives. So we can look at it from the employers and rule and then we look at it as a nation so what the government can do to help keep this talent so if we're looking at it from the employer's side number one employers have to offer competitive salaries i know this is something that a lot of employers will not like to hear but i mean that's the truth if you want to keep these people offer competitive salaries and benefit packages that would make them stay you also have to provide opportunities for career growth and development for this talent um there has to be you have to create an attractive work environment um that would keep them that would keep them coming that will make them happy to be in the in the organization you have to make it we also have to develop strong relationships with one another we foster um, collaboration employer employers have to help the employees foster collaborative work environment you know they have to provide incentives various incentives that would keep them and then also promote a culture of innovation, a culture of innovation and openness, openness, transparency. 
and they also have to embrace technology to help drive some of these creative ideas that their their employees come up with. Now, on the part of the government, what can the government do to ensure that we are able to keep our talents? They have to help improve the educational sector. There is a lot that needs to be done in there. They also have to help see how more jobs can be created for people. There has to be incentives, local incentives that would keep experts in Nigeria, that would, not, that would make them not want to leave the country. Um, local incentives like maybe granting them tax-free, whatever it is that would impact them. You know, um, there has to be funding for entrepreneurs, for startups, things that would encourage those that are behind to start their own businesses and also bring in people, take people off the street and put food on their tables, you know. And there has to be accountability, accountability in governance and good leadership too on the part of the government would help keep some of our experts in the country so that they are not just looking for the next the next opportunity to japa <laughs> yes uh, well said and uh, i would like to know what are the tools that you think companies could utilize to better facilitate collaboration and teamwork in the organizations so there are various um, work tools that can be used to manage a collaborative work environment so I hope it doesn't sound like like, like promotion. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, uh, we're looking for how to create a balanced uh, work environment. So I think for now we can actually permit people to gain insight into tools that they can use. This is a positive okay. cause, so it's okay. Okay. So there are tools that can be used to manage communication and collaboration. So there are tools like Notion Board. The notion board is where um, employees can go on a particular board and just put out what is expected of them. And wherever you are, you're able to go onto the notion board and the employer knows what, what you're doing at every point in time, you know, and they're able to make comments. Tools like Slack. Slack is also a communication tool that you can use to better manage communication in the workplace. There are so many tools like that that can be used to foster collaboration. You know, even, I mean, what we are doing right now, Google, using Google Meet is also a good way of managing. You see that a number of employers, they they, they run their team building session, team bonding session, using platforms like this. They, just, they, 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 they run their team bonding sessions using Zoom. You know, so these are ways of, getting everybody together irrespective of where they are in any part of the world you know that's just to mention a few of those um, tools that can be used if there's anything that has happened in the last couple of years in the last four years is the fact that people are a lot more involved in governance at different levels so you see that unlike before where the elite they would really speak up when it comes to elections they would really speak up when it comes to choosing the next leaders you know but now you see that there's a lot more a lot of awareness um that is going on there's a lot of awareness that is going on here in nigeria now people are more involved um they we see that we see that um, this is this is our nation you know there's nowhere else there's no place like home 
you can jump out to Canada and jump out to the UK or America, but there's no place like home. And so for Nigeria to be better, we all have to get involved. So everybody is getting involved. You see the private sector is getting involved more. So we are not just leaving it at the whims and caprices of those in governance. So um, there is a lot more awareness and involvement that is going on. And people are trying to create more, more awareness on a daily, on a daily in that in that regard. And I think that's the major, that's the major difference that I have seen. A major difference. So when 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 we talk about the elections now, you hear people talk about there is a massive movement. There is massive movement. There is this movement, movement thing that people are talking about. And it's because of the level of involvement of people. So we are not just leaving it at the grassroots level. The elites are getting involved. Everyone is getting involved. My children's life is at stake here. So I'm not just going to sit back and watch some people, you know, and just make decisions for us or for me or for their future. So we all have to get involved in it. And that's, that's, that's a major plus for us. I mean, you spoke about awareness and involvement and one of my colleagues, Gloria, she actually believes that Nigeria needs a female president. What do you think about that? Wow. I I mean, I can't wait for when that's going to happen. But I think in the real sense of it, we still have a long way to go in this part of the world. Mm. Let's even start from having our first female governor. I remember it was in 2015 when um, Mama Taraba, when she was almost close to being um, the governor of Taraba State, and I was super excited about that. So let's even start from there and let's see how that goes. And then we move on from having a, a female governor to moving on to having a female speaker for the house and then having a female VP. And then before we know it, we have a female president. So I think it's a gradual thing. The movement has started. Women are gradually getting more involved in governance. Women are speaking up more. And then we are, we are tired of taking the back seat. If you look at developed nations, you realize that they are developed because of the level of involvement of the women in, in those nations. And um, we are seeing that play out in the advanced nations. So we will also want to replicate that in this part of the world. Uh, when we talk about advancement and globalization, one thing that would go unnoticed is the fact that females are now sitting very comfortably in the tech setting. When you look at the tech ecosystem, you see front runners. Females are now becoming CEOs, startup owners, and all of that stuff. Uh, what advice would you give to females in tech? So my first advice is and which is what I was sharing with a friend just some days ago, is that we need to learn from the mistakes of those that have gone ahead of us. So let's look at the reasons why some of the tech businesses have failed and let's not find ourselves a victim of that. As women in business, what we have to do also is let's ensure that we have structure in place, a structure that will help our businesses thrive, especially in in times like this. That's very, very important. And um, like they always say, there is, the sky is not just the limit, it's just the beginning. Um, we have, uh, women have a lot, a lot. We, are, we have a lot to give. And um, the only thing that can limit us is ourselves. So let's just keep, I'll tell them to keep doing what they're doing. And uh, they should just ensure that they have a structure 
a structure to their business and not get carried away with all what all the other fintech businesses are doing. Let them not make the mistakes that the previous ones have made. Let them learn from the mistakes of their predecessors. Thank you so much for that great advice there. Uh, it's been wonderful chatting with you and talking about how to make our work environment convenient and comfortable for everyone, both the leaders, the workers, uh, and employees. Are there any social media handle where people can connect with you for social interaction? And of course, for what you do, you can actually promote that and let them know where they can link up. Okay. All right. So I run people capacity management with, uh, I'm a partner in people capacity management and people capacity management, we are nature consulting firm. And um, we play both in the public and the private sector. We, we've done a lot in the, within the financial services sector. We, we also play big in the fintech space. We manage quite a number of fintech startup businesses. And then um, we say that we are the paracetamol to the people headache of energy. You know, so um, if there are people issues that you have in your business, um, people capacity management, we are your go-to firm. Um, you can link up with us on Instagram, PCM underscore HR. I say that again, on Instagram, we are PCM underscore HR. If you go on LinkedIn, we are people capacity management on LinkedIn. And I'll, I'll take that again. On LinkedIn, we are people capacity management. And then our Twitter handle is PCMNG underscore HR. PCMNG underscore HR or PCMHR underscore NG. One of the two. I can't. I'm not a Twitter, a Twitter person. So yeah, follow us on on Instagram, PCM underscore HR, and then on LinkedIn, people capacity management. I'm sure people will definitely rush down to send you a DM because a lot of people need direction and strategic planning when it comes to running their businesses thank you so much for taking time out to have uh, this conversation with us we hope to have more and better conversation with you in the future if you permit will you yeah thank you Bukola, for having me on your program i honestly do not take this opportunity for granted in any way thank you so much Mark. Thank you. look forward to having right. a better chat with you in the future have a lovely day and you too and that's it guys a lot of uh, notes that you would have taken from that conversation and if you probably didn't catch up with us on time you can listen to this recording on our website at www.africatechradio.com and of course you can check out our instagram twitter and facebook we are a tech radio and of course our youtube is ever running with great content to serve you we are africa tech radio on youtube i'm still very much in the studio right now go out and just try to pay some bills play some ads and of course come back and wrap up the show but i'm still very much in the studio keep listening thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com